High Broadway fans, we are back on Popcorn Talk Network discussing the great ABBA musical, Mamma Mia! Don't go away. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Broadway Breakdown. It's like impossible not to dance to this musical. Whoa, whoa. Dancing. Mamma mia. <laughs> Here I go again. My, my. How can I resist ya? Hi, Broadway world out there. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and thank you for taking us with our delay last week for not being here. Uh, we are back. We're discussing Mamma Mia. I am your host, bfips 14 on Twitter and Instagram, and we have a newcomer this week, Sam Davidson. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, I'm so happy to come this week. This is one of my favorite Broadway shows of all time. You can find me, Sam Davidson, SamD43, Twitter and Instagram, and I have the live chat open, so please contribute. We'll give you some shout-outs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um so, Sam, you had a really cool story about the first time you saw this show. Yes. Okay. So, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and my mom and my brother and my cousin, we all drove up to Toronto. We had, it's, had a nice weekend, said, oh, this is a cool new show. Let's go see it. We saw it once, and we're so obsessed with it that we literally waited in line on the street the next day to go see it again. And, <laughs> like, and I... I from what I remember, it was a long time ago, but I believe we might have seen it two to three times that weekend. It was that good. We loved it that much, and I've seen it um, on the West End in London. I've seen it on Broadway in New York. I think this is my top two favorite musical of all time. I saw it the first time with my Girl Scout troop, and it was fun because it's just like such a upbeat dancing. Like you know, there is the serious messages and stuff too. But from the most part, it's all this like very upbeat like music that you can just kind of have fun with and I loved it so much that I went back the next time it came through on tour and I wasn't I wasn't like you I didn't go three times in one week, it was a but. weird thing I can't believe my mom let this happen but she wanted to do it it was her too she's like fine I'll pay let's just like call in I mean, scalpers paying, like. I know my mom's calling scalpers in Canada and we're just like low-key you know just getting these weird tickets to go back and see it it's also so fun because of the the costuming and everything like the 70s throwback and it I know that like neither of us like grew up in that era, but my parents definitely did. Yeah, and your parents, I'm sure, were they were alive. alive yes, <laughs> I don't know how old they were, but it's kind of just fun to like because you can kind of relate to Sophie a little bit more. I think at our age, especially mm-hmm. because you're looking at it as like, oh, I have my mom was, you know, uh, growing up in that era, and now it's like me and taking over, but. One of the reasons I love this show is, A, because of the female empowerment of it all, but B, you know, a lot of things that it's like, oh, go women, you know, girl power. There's not a lot of men in those things. But for this, these three men were such a pivotal part of the story in these two women's lives. And they, it's, you know, everyone kind of working together and making everybody happy. It is female empowerment, but it's also like, we don't hate men. Men are awesome. Yeah. Men are the best. It I sho- mean, women are great, too. <laughs> They're not the best, but you know what I mean. It just shows... Yeah, you're right. It shows that, you know, you can be a strong, powerful woman, but you don't, like... Th- that whole, like, message that some people thought was what feminists were trying to convey mm-hmm. of, like, hating men, like, that really, like, they kind of disprove that. In this yeah. 100%. Like, she's allowed to be mad at them. She's allowed to not be happy with the situation of what happened. But at the end of the day, she's has this love for them still. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, how important sometimes a father figure is, too. And I think it's amazing and 
really a fascinating thing, you know, just for a girl to be raised by her mom. It happens all the time. Millions and millions of people, you know, single mother. But this, in a way, you know, debunked that. It's like, that was great, but now she has all these other men in her life, and that's also great. I also just think, like, that it's amazing that they were able to take um, this music from the singing group ABBA, and they were able to, like, transform it in a way and put it in an order that made so much sense and broke down this entire story. Like, nothing felt forced Mm-mm. in the songs. No, and it, it's crazy because it, it is as though ABBA wrote the music for the play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we've all seen musicals where they take uh, songs from an artist and try to just make it only this artist, and it doesn't exactly make sense. You just go, oh, they really want to sing this song. Yeah. But, it like, doesn't... It's like they kind of force it to happen, and this one it just kind of flows. Like yeah. Everything just flows. I feel like Mamma Mia might, and I'm probably wrong, but they might have started in a way, at least with our generation, of taking an artist and making it a musical and making it a real, real story. I think that a lot of people looked up to that and tried to do it, and they didn't do it as well. But I think in you know the past few decades, Mamma Mia was like the epitome of taking an artist and using their music to create an actual story in a musical. Also, like... Look how many we have now, like with Carol King, um, per, uh, not Prince, um, Gloria Estefan just mm-hmm. had hers. Uh, they did a Frank Sinatra one, which was mainly focused on dance, but like it's really like become this huge thing. And I, I know that there was ones before, but I do agree with you. I think Mamma Mia kind of set the standard for what we're seeing now. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think. So you said it came out originally 2002. to the, 2002. Well, 1999 um, in London, okay. 2002 on Broadway. Yeah, so, you know, I was a teenager, and I, but I've been raised with Broadway and musicals my entire life. I'm so incredibly lucky because I had seen everything. And, um, but when I saw this show, I don't know, there was something so special about it. I don't know if it's because I saw it with my mom, and it was just really sweet. It definitely sweet. is going to have a bigger impact on daughters, I think. Yeah. <laughs> For just the main reason of it being this mother daughter story. Um, I mean, I can't. I'm, Every single time uh, slipping through my fingers plays, I think I cry, and I think my mom cries. I was listening to it today as I was getting ready, and I was like, damn it, Sam, you just put on your mascara. <laughs> Don't do it again. It's like when you're move- when first time I moved away, I think I listened to it on the car ride. I'm like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> it, it, it definitely has that great mother-daughter bond um, if you had a healthy relationship with your mother, which I did. So I definitely took a lot away from it in that aspect. Yeah, and also the setting. Everybody loves to watch a play or a movie that's someplace beautiful and exciting and awesome and on the water. And I remember when I saw it, for every time I've seen the play, even though we're not actually there, you know, like in the movie, for instance, you know, we see the beauty of where they are. But even, like, the set design, when I saw the play so many times, it's still, you feel like you're there, and it's beautiful and cool, and you kind of feel like you're on a vacation. I will say, though, that every time I've seen the play, whether it be the movie or live, um, because I'm so used to the soundtrack now, it's always a little weird for me when they don't have British accents. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Like, I just naturally in my head hear it being like, what should I want? Come to my wedding, you might be my dad. Mm-hmm. No, they think... Like, you might it's be like, my dad. Like, it's just in my head, they're British. Yes. <laughs> Which in the movie, um, even though we'll talk about that next week, they did have a mainly British cast for a majority of it. Yeah, and they had them all have... Well, no. We had Alexander Skarsgård. Right, who, but I'm trying to think, do they even have yeah. accents in it? I don't know. Uh, 
ish. I mean, they just had their normal yeah, accents. Yeah, they had their normal accents. But yeah, it is definitely different when seeing the play because it's, you know, for me at least, most of the times I've seen it, they have had British accents. Yeah. Which I don't know. It just now is in my head that this makes is it a, a little show. more magical. I don't know why. I mean, and it did premiere on the West End. Yeah. And that is a lot closer to Greece than we are over here. Yes, absolutely. Um, some other themes that I love going into this musical are just this overwhelming friendship and how friends can get you through anything in your life because it is true like you know whatever happens you know family and friends are what is always there for you Mm -hmm. and she has these two incredibly zany best friends um you know and they've been friends for years and like I love that I love that they show like that kind of progression of someone being in your life for that yeah I do, too. I think it's such a special thing. I mean, I have two best friends since one has been since I was two years old, one since I was nine, and they're still two of my best, best friends in the whole world. And sometimes you say, I want to continue to be friends with them because it's going to be so long. And that's important, especially when you get into your 40s, into your 50s. It's a very special thing to have women that have been in your life for that long, no matter if you love them or you hate them. It'll switch back and forth. Yeah, you're going to go through ups and downs. Yeah, but these... That's what I loved about these women, and then how they tied the you know ABBA songs into it in and their band. And I also just love the fact that they've been gone for a while and they come back because they do always say there's mm-hmm. that saying of like uh, your true friends, no matter how much time has passed, like it's gonna minute you're together. It's like no, no time has passed. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's like these three women describe perfectly. And I love too that you know Sophie doesn't know them that extremely well, you know, from her most of her life. Like, she knew uh, them mostly when she was a baby. And now she's kind of like, oh, of course I remember you. Like, I love you. You're, like, my My second... Yeah, my aunts. You're... Exactly. And I just... I don't know. I think it's very beautiful, fun, fun show. Um, There's also, with uh, the whole underlying thing of these three women... And the three men. I love that we get so many different personalities. Yes. And I love that when you're watching uh, Donna interact with these men, you see her almost what her relationship was with them, like, back 20 years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. And I also love that they bridge that gap of, like, you know, they have the one guy turn out to be gay. They have the one guy just, you know... You can never even picture them really together. Everyone has a happy ending, Yeah, though. That's what makes it awesome. And it makes sense. I think it makes sense, right? Yeah. You know, exactly. One is gay, one ends up with her, one of her best friends, and then, of course, one ends up with her. And it just, it's like a, fits perfectly like a puzzle that has been unsolved it's for so like, long. They all like get they there. They always talk about yeah. the island being this enchanted, magical place, and it's like the island kind of, like helped them all figure out what their life I just got the chills be. seriously though I it's true me I've never been to Greece and I'm never, I would like to go. I want to go so bad and I really want to go to that island um you know they'll just make everything work but you know it's the magic of the island the music and just the love that all these people have for each other even you know Donna and her three men they still love each other in their own ways each you know in like the past that each of them had and I, I love that it kind of sounds like a storybook I mean it is she's kept this well, journal it's so true it's so true to life to have this person like so many people say people come and go out of your life um, but it is so true that you never 100% forget that person that person left an impression on you for whatever mm-hmm. reason good or bad and we see good and bad from all three of these men in her and you see that you know she even though she's 
you know, older and she's been away from, especially Sam, for this long, she never was able to get over him. Yeah. Because he left that huge impact in her and on her. Yeah, I mean, there was part of me when I first saw the show that made me sad for the other two men. Uh, You know, they kind of came after and it... At the time, I was like, wow, that sucks. They're a rebound. But they weren't exactly just because um, I think that they were what she needed at that time. Each of them helped her in whatever way that they needed yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, think about those three men together. It makes the perfect man anyways. <laughs> and, you know, that's why Sophie ends up saying that you're all my father. I'll take I'll take each of you. That was always something interesting to me with the show um, is the fact that Sophie, even though she is so close with her mother, she, like, steals this diary, reads the diary finds out that one of these three men is her father. She doesn't go to her mom and, like, to ask her, like, can I meet them or whatever it is. Or maybe she's done that in the past. Yeah, I feel like maybe she has. I don't know. Um, But she just invites them to her wedding, (laughs) regardless of whatever happens, regardless of the consequences of what's going to happen with her mom meeting these guys. Um, That's, like, just... I was always so intrigued. I was all like, she is so much braver than I would ever be. It's bravery, but also, I think... A theme of this play is just being young in a way and not exactly knowing yourself. And I think that Sophie doing that, it made for a great story. And that's what made this play. That's what made this story. But it also is a very immature thing to do when you think about it. I mean, what did she think was going to happen? What, how did she think that was going to go down? She's very lucky that it went as well as it did. And it's also like, unless one of them looks extremely like you, it's like how... What was your deciphering going to be to figure this out? Exactly. It kind of was a very, you know, in the moment choice, which when you're younger or just doesn't, you don't need to be younger, but in a way immature, you make a choice to do something well, I mean, and she, you don't think about the consequences. She is very young. I mean, she's getting, the, it's she's like, like 20, right? It's being stated throughout the show mm-hmm. how young she is, how young they both are, how they're making this decision to get married already and they've never even left this island and they don't know the world and they don't know who they are. Do you think that part of the reason that Sophie chose to get married this young and do all of this is because of her not having, you know, parents that were married, um, not knowing her father? Do you think it, she wants to do this at such a young age because she wants to have a family unlike her mother didn't give her? Um, partially I think that, and partially I think it might be a little bit of, and it sounds harsh, but not wanting to end up like her mother. Yeah, exactly. Not wanting to end up alone. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think she sees that her mother, that there's something missing. There are women that live their lives, and men, alone, and they're completely fine, and they're happy. That's their decision. And um, But there are people that are choosing to live alone and you can tell they're not happy. They they made that choice. They made that choice not to continue to date mm-hmm. or not to look for love anymore, but they're not happy with themselves. And I think she saw that with her mom. It was like her mom was there was something missing and she wasn't happy. Yeah. And I I'm kind of realizing this now, which is crazy, the amount of times I've seen this show, uh, especially with my mother. I think I might understand in this moment why it connects with me so much is because, you know, my parents got divorced when I was like 10. I have great relationships with both of them, but my mother has really been single for a very long time and she's been alone. And there is always a fear, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be alone. My mom doesn't want me to be alone either. And there's like a little bit of pressure to find somebody. But at the same time, this a story like this shows you that A, it doesn't matter. You need to be happy. And B, it doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. Things can and still that come back you around. You shouldn't rush into something mm-hmm. just to not be alone. Yeah. And marriage is great. And you can love someone. I mean, I have every faith that they did get married one day. Yeah. I really do. Uh, but 
you don't need to rush things. Yeah, and I think I I love that the play ended that way because one, it was not the way anyone expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and I think that that was the smart decision of them. They're like, we're not, we don't not love each other. We still want to be together, but yeah, maybe we did rush into this, and maybe we both do need to discover more about ourselves. Well, in in a way, it's she found that answer by meeting her mm-hmm. three potential fathers, and kind of realizing all of this. You know, a better you know, approach maybe would have been to contact them each individually, set up a meeting, even stalked them a little <laughs> bit. Um, but don't invite them all to your wedding and don't not tell your mother. I'm surprised that all three of them came. Yeah, I mean, I think because they each had unfinished business with Donna in a way. But even like then, like you, you think of like the pride taking over and not letting them, yeah, allowing themselves to do the things that they mm-hmm. probably should. But it's been a really long time for all of them. So, and I think each of them were actually at a point in their lives where they go, huh, why not? You know, (laughs) I'm kind of curious and I don't... And also the magic of the story in the island, you know, I think subconsciously deep down each of these men knew. Yeah, and I think that each of them were kind of curious as Mm -hmm. to see where what she ended up. Yeah, I mean, they can do the math also when they were inviting you to my daughter's wedding. And I, they probably, they did assume that she was older and I, I do think it's pretty easy, though, to connect the dots. I haven't heard from you in a million years. Come to my daughter's wedding. Eh, could be the father. <laughs> it's all... I just... There was a thought I had, and I lost it. Um, but there, it was... There it goes. I saw it. It's <laughs> no, I was saying that it's the... Um, kind of the, the mystery... Because we see the three men come in in the beginning, and they all have a different impression of what they thought she was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting a rather stout matron... And, like, Sam just being the one being like, nope, she's still Donna. Like, yeah, regardless of it. Like, so they each, I think, had an idea of whether she grew or, or whether she stayed the same. Yeah, and I... And I think with Sam, he was hoping she stayed the same because he still loved her. Yeah, and I think each of them, it was a chapter of their lives that was also very important. You know, we never get to see their journals, their diaries. Maybe they had diaries and they were writing in them about Donna and their, you know... Well, in the sequel, maybe that's what we'll find out since it is turning into... It looks like a prequel-esque sequel yeah. also, like going back and forth in between where we left off and before we started. I mean, that's amazing. I'm just excited. I, I want to, I'm excited to see, like, because we hear these stories of Donna, we hear the stories of her and um, each of these men and her and her friends, and I'm kind of excited, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they're going to shift it all together and if it has the same feeling. Well, it's really funny when you think about storytelling and where the writers decide to start the story. You get flashbacks in a way that necess- that are not flashbacks, but they talk about what happened in the past. And you think, wow, this is so fascinating. The reason this specific story of the wedding is so fascinating is because everybody's together. But there's so much backstory in this story that is fascinating that I think everybody is wanting to see. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, hopefully they're going to do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, only time will tell. Yeah. Um, getting back to the music a little bit more, because um, we have all of these great different styles. Like, it's all it all has the same feeling, I would say. But we do have, you know, Dancing Queen, which mm-hmm. I think is the one every single person in the world knows. And then we have, you know, Mamma Mia, uh, Money, Money, Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, money, money, money. So we have all those kind of, like, up, like, upbeat ones and then we get into like the knowing me knowing you and um, slipping through my fingers and all these other one it's like like I know I said before that it fit perfectly but it's also just 
with it, this is what I love about them taking it all from ABBA, is that it has that same feeling, but it has such drastic other feelings. Mm -hmm. So undertone, we get the same kind of feel of the music, but we're happy with her, we're struggling with her, and we're crying with her all at the same time. It's interesting to think about when ABBA, you know, wrote this music and they performed it, did all this, if these themes and thoughts were in their mind. And I think that this show kind of proves that it definitely was, that this was the perfect... I mean, could you imagine ABBA just getting this script and saying, we want to, A, bring you back. Like, I think they'd been, you know, they'd been doing some stuff for a little bit, but it hadn't been like it was in the 70s, obviously. Could you imagine getting the script and them saying, we want to turn all of your music into this beautiful musical? And it all makes sense. I mean, it would feel like such a gift from God, honestly, if I was them. Yeah, especially to be able to relive your music. Like what they were, I don't know what year exactly they started writing and performing, but like, and it was like 60s, 70s. Right. Um, so to have that like 30, 40 years later come back and like have people, new generations, know, knowing your music now and loving your music. Because like I said, Dancing Queen is the only one I knew before the show. Oh yeah, me too. I didn't know any of those other songs. And I love that none of them were originals. I mm -hmm. mean, they each perfectly fit into the scene. And, and there was also such a large repertoire of songs, that, which is what people don't realize, too, when they think of ABBA. They think of the few hits that they know. Yeah, like Mamma Mia. And yeah. But, I mean, they have so many songs. And it's, like, crazy. Like, like I know we already said it, but it's just crazy how perfectly the words all fit with the story. Like, whoever, like, the people that wrote this story, they really did their due diligence of, like, Let's listen to these songs. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out the story around the songs rather than let's make a story and input the songs into it. Yeah, and, and you know, they even, they broke the songs up into dialogue. They'd have dialogue coming in between the songs at times. And that is such an awesome thing. It just is kind of an artist and creativity and another artist, a bunch of other artists coming together to make this, like, a really thought-out, well-played story and musical it still blows my mind that they're that smart and i love that like the, the probably couple songs they're like what do we do with these Will you want to use them uh -huh. they're like let's just make them perform them yeah because they were a singing trio i mean they're the quick fix for that like there right. really is and that is one of my favorite parts of the play when they do that because it's it's like a play within a play a show within a show and those are always some of my favorite things when it's performances within performances, performances. it's a lot of fun and then we do have a tradition here on Broadway Breakdown to discuss our diva song, which is our song that if you're in the car, if you're in the shower, you're singing at the top of your lungs, regardless if you sound good or not, you're just rocking out to the song every time you hear it. And it, not, it doesn't have to be like rocking out in a, um, you know, dancing upbeat way. It could be a sad ballad song that you still built it out. So which song would you say is your SOS. I know. I know. It's, it's an upbeat song, and it's also sad. And specifically within the show, it is such a great depiction of their characters. Yeah. And it it almost explains everything that they have been thinking going through the past 20 years and how much they still love and care about each other and that this has been hurting them. But it's also this upbeat kind of like angsty song, which I love. That's, I think, definitely one of my tops from this show. For me, I would go with Knowing Me, Knowing You, because I love the dynamic of Donna and Sam singing this to each other without actually listening to each other. Mm -hmm. um, I also like to put the little speaking part from the previous song right at the beginning, because I just love her being like, 
yelling at him behind. Yeah. I don't have some middle-aged menopausal man to bother me. Yes. And, I mean, exactly. Those things, when they insert this awesome dialogue within the song, it makes complete sense. Evelyn Scales in the chat said, My oldest daughter took me to see the play. I loved it. I don't know what I love most of, of the play, except the fact that I was with my daughter, Hope. That's so yeah. sweet. That is sweet. I, I do think it is a thing that if you go and you have a daughter or you have a or you have a mm-hmm. mother that's still close with you, like it's a it's a great show to go together. Yeah, it's a very full circle kind of play. I also love how it, it is in a way certain storylines are left open ended. Mm-hmm. It's not a big pretty bow. Yeah, I mean, at first when I was younger and I watched it, I got so mad that we didn't get to find out who the father was. I was yeah. like, what? After all of this, I still don't know. But I, I can appreciate what they did there at the end because now everyone can walk away and they can decide, which I think most people just go with Sam. Yeah, it was Sam. <laughs> I mean, I I, had, I I remember having a conversation a very long time ago being like, who was it? Who was it? And my mom was like, it was obviously Sam, Sam. <laughs> I, I always, like, am intrigued when people don't think it's Sam, though, because, like, it's this unpopular opinion. So I always, like, there's been a couple people that I'm like, it was Harry. And I'm like... Why do you think Harry of all three of them? Yeah, I would I would say Harry was by least right? likely, you know. I think one person was all like, well, because he was gay, he was probably just so nervous that <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. I don't like it doesn't, but you know, like, whatever you need to say. I do. You also, know, I think my one friend just loved Harry. Yeah. He, it, she was like, he's the sweetest. And I'm like, well. Well, it's funny thinking about it, too, because honestly, this is such a, sh- this is a show. I, I was so young and impressionable, and it did leave such an impression on me. But thinking how I interpreted it and how I felt, I, you know, knew it was going to be Sam. I wanted it to be Sam. But now, and you're right, when I finished the show and they didn't tell us who the father was, I was annoyed. But I think as we get older and we appreciate it, it's kind of beautiful that we never exactly knew. Um, We're going to pull up the Tony Awards video right now to show you guys. Um, I did cut it down a little bit because it was fairly long. Uh, This was nominated for Best Musical, Best Book of a Musical, Best Performance by Leading Actress for Louise Pitch, and Best Performance by a Featured Actress for Judy Kay, and Best Orchestration. It unfortunately won none of these awards. But it was nominated. This is the uh, video from the 2002 performance. Three possible dads. Mom doesn't know. I've invited them all to my wedding. She is going to freak. I was cheated by you, and I think you know when. So I made up my mind. It must I love this little top thing she's got on. Yeah, she looks great. I also love this part of what they do with it, that they do these freeze frames, mm-hmm. where it's like her inner monologue of what she's It thinking. lends itself well for a movie, actually. It does. <laughs> Every single time, in the movie and in this, when people just I love up. it.
I know they didn't have time for the quick change, but I still wanted partially them to be in their little disco outfits. Oh, those disco outfits were the best. That might have been my favorite part of the movie. I'll discuss it next time, but the very credit scene. I'll say it again next week. Yes. Oh, it's so good, honestly. I, oh, it hurts how good I like how much I love this. It's amazing. Uh, In the chat, Jody Petrella, who has been commenting so much, thank you, says, is the musical funnier than the film? And I know we'll get into that next week. uh, But, you know, there are different aspects, I just in general, that are very funny. It's in a different way, I would think. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, not think, I would say. Um, The musical has much more, like, shtick that doesn't work as well on film because it becomes too campy, I think. Exactly, and shtick is the best word. I, I you know, I, I, it is. It's it's stuff that you know translates on uh, stage, might not necessarily on film. But I, I thought that seeing this live, it almost, it almost seemed like you know a seventies ish feel of a sitcom, and watching it with music. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yes, I, I mean, I think, in my opinion, I would go with the play. Yes, I, I agree. Um, I also want to point out the set for the that we just saw for the play. Um, that is a rotating set if you've never seen the show. So it does move and turn into the inside and the outside, which is amazing. I always love. Um, my mom did set design when I was growing up, so I always like really love to look at sets and stuff and what they do with the space they have. Um, it's the same reason I love older film when mm-hmm. they didn't have like CGI and stuff yet. When you, they were pushed to like really see what they could do, it's the same kind of thing. I love looking at this and being like, what. Like went through this person's mind, and it is very simple. Like when you think about it's it, it's so creative but simple. Yes, and you know when people are like, "Oh, lights here, special effects here, all this crazy stuff here," watch Mamma Mia because they'll be able to, I think, realize the best, most creative way is possibly the most simple. Well, and I've every guest we've had on the show that's done Broadway has said that they prefer a simple set because with an extravagant set and with extravagant costumes and all this other stuff uh, creates more uh, issues and problems that arise throughout performances. Yeah, I mean, it's stressful to even perform and have all of that, but when you're worrying if everything is going to work right, that's also scary. So, And it's one of the things I think it's easy for the audience, too. And I don't like it when stuff looks fake or when it is maybe too simple. And I'm like, wait, that was her bedroom. I'm just not following. But for this, how they did it, it just worked. I pictured every place perfectly, even though they were just rotating the sets. Yeah, it it was a a really ingenious way. And even the colors they used to have most of it be white with just a pop of blue. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, we've both said we've never been to Greece, but every film I've seen of Greece that's kind of like what it is it's like these white villas with like little tiny hints of color here and there and i love that we're on this island they even added that little rust streak Mm -hmm. down it i think that the island theme helps very well with the white Mm -hmm. and all the different colored lights that they'd have shown on it it also to me kind of taught me the importance of lights in a show how they really you don't need crazy sets you just need dramatic lights (laughs) it's great um is there anything you wanted to add for Mamma Mia before we move on to our new section for the week? <sighs> I love you, Mamma Mia, with all of my heart. I'm deeply upset I didn't get to see it at the Hollywood Bowl, like some people have asked yes, in the chat. It was just at the Hollywood Bowl. 
at the last week of yeah, July, Yeah, it was, yeah, a few weeks ago. Um, I don't think either of us got to see it. I did not, but one of our hosts here did. Um, he was going to try to see if he could be here today. I don't think he was able to, but uh, he said that he had a really good time, that he loved it. Uh, he said the cast was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I think it did really well. Um, Dove Cameron, I love her. Mm-hmm. I think she was amazing in Hairspray, and everything I've seen of her. And I think she's going to have a great future. So I, I imagine it was a lot of fun. Plus, the Hollywood Bowl is just a fun place to watch. Absolutely. And all I want to say is that um, if you guys have only seen the film and have not seen the movie, or you just haven't seen either, uh, or have the seen show. the film and not seen the movie, if you've seen the play and not seen the movie, go see the play if you've never seen the play. It is important to see it live. If it's ever in your town, um, I would buy tickets. You're going to have an amazing time. I think the energy is completely contagious yeah. when the show goes on, so I just love it. Yeah, if you, I agree with that. If And it don't judge, um, depending on ever how you felt about the movie, if you felt a little negative about the movie, don't judge the play by that alone. Absolutely. Um, so moving on, we have our Broadway news. Uh, I have two photos to show. They released Anna's Two, uh, two of her outfits from the uh, new musical that will be coming out, I believe, in December. Um, so this is her kind of going up the mountain outfit. As you can see, they have changed it from these bright blues and purples to a much more traditional. Yeah. What you would think that time period outfit would look like. Hmm. Um, with these boots. <laughs> oh, that actress is going to be hot. Um, <laughs> and this one is... For when the uh, fixer-upper scene, when the trolls are dressing her up to be okay. the queen for him. with So this is her uh, queen of the trolls It's outfit. so hard to see this and imagine it on imagine stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the main thing that they said in the article was that before you look at these photos, it's not what you think it's going to be. Yeah. Because everyone was thinking Disney, Disney, Disney. And I think they're trying to get a little bit more... Darker? I don't know if it's darker or if just more traditional. Hmm. Like, I, I'm i not sure how I feel about that yet. I don't know either. I kind I, of I, want I, it to be flashy and fun or really kind of dark and scary. But I wonder if, like, the, the her costumes, like, because, you know, it is one thing when you see her walking up the snow and mm-hmm. the, the outfit she was in the movie. It's like, that's not going to keep you warm. No, but it's really f- it's pretty really, no, to it look really at. Fun, but I wonder if like that's going to make the elegant costumes that she's wearing at the castle and that Anna um, Elsa's wearing that much more. Yeah, maybe she just rips off all that stuff and it's like, here's my sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe there's something on underneath that that they're not telling us about. But um, it's I'm in, I'm intrigued and I'm eager to see what it looks like on a person and not mm-hmm. just in a drawing. So. Absolutely. Um, next up, we have that we have a, a we have dates, not dates completely. We have a date for the Christmas Story live musical, and we have a year for the uh, Rent one. So Rent will be out in 2018, but we don't have a date yet um, for Christmas Story. It will be on December 17th on Fox, and Maya Rudolph is going to be playing uh, Ralphie's mother. Mm. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, and they actually shot it in Cleveland, where I'm from, and so every year they do a really cool um, exhibit at the house they shot it at, and I've gone a bunch. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is in Ohio. Yeah, it's I've really cool. That. Um, and I haven't, while well, I haven't seen the show, um, I've listened to the soundtrack, and I think that they did a really good job in creating it yeah. from a, mu- uh, a movie to a musical, and in co- kind of trying to keep the same feeling. Um, and I am... I like that Maya Rudolph is playing the mom. 
because I think that she has enough commie background that she can kind of bring a little more life to the mother because in the film we just see this mother that's just working 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 yeah so I want I would like to see her kind of like make a little bit fun of that so I have seen the musical but it was several years ago and I've only seen it once I believe but Mm -hmm. you know I'm assuming they're going to make the mother a bigger and funnier character because her character was funny in the movie, thinking about, oh my god, all the crap she has very, to deal with yeah, with her it was like son. very subtle funny. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. It's great casting. And I know Maya Rudolph can sing, so I'm fine with mm-hmm. the choice. I'm fine with it. Um, next we have, sorry, with all my papers and my computers at home today. Um, so there's this great foundation that does these autism-friendly performances of musicals. And what that means, basically, is that they're toning down some of, like, if there's strobes, if there's, like, very intense sounds happening, they tone those down for children that um, can't really handle that because of the sensory overload. Mm -hmm. And my little sister, uh, while doesn't have full-blown autism, she does have autistic qualities, is what they have told us. So um, we took her to see, or I didn't take her, but my parents took her to see a, in San Francisco, they did Beauty and the Beast. Mm. And they did it for autism-friendly and so they are also going to be doing Lion King, Aladdin, and more performances that they're um, trying to cook up in here. And I think this is just great because I think that, you know, these children, one, like my sister loves music and loves musicals. I'm like, this is the perfect thing to take her to where she's not going to distract, like, you know, yell out in the theater and stuff yeah. at the film. And to have it... Be, then make it and you know there are still the regular performances but these are ones that we can take you can take these kids to that you know can't go to the regular performances I think is a really great thing yeah they're doing is it are they only doing it in one city or is it I'm looking through here to see if that is um it is not they're doing it um on Broadway oh cool so the Lion King one is going to be on September 25th at 1 p.m. And the, they're doing a Phantom of the Opera one on November 19th at 1 Ooh. p.m. They're doing a Kinky Boots on May 7th and Aladdin on March 5th. So those are all at the different theaters in New York. Um, That's awesome. It's called the Autism Theater Initiative, um, and it's under the umbrella of TDF. So check that out, if, especially if you have anyone that you know that has autism or Asperger's and somewhere on the spectrum that would love to see any of these shows check out the um, website and you can find that by going to autismtheaterinitiative.com mm-hmm. um, our last bit of news today is that Amy Schumer is going to be starring in Steve Martin's new Broadway play Meteor Shower and this is her Broadway debut that's crazy it's I mean it's amazing I, mean, I cannot wait um, she's going to be starring opposite Keegan-Michael Key who's an amazing comedian as well yes um Laura Benanti, who's a Broadway <laughs> queen, mm-hmm. and Alan Tudyk, who I am not familiar with, unfortunately, but he'll be there as well. Uh, it's going to be about a dinner party with two couples, and two, and so it's going to be two people having a dinner party, inviting this other couple over, and the night just turns into not what they expected. Mm. Almost as a meteor shower happens in the sky. There will be chaos. You know, it actually reminds me of a show I saw on Broadway maybe close to 10 years ago, but it had a bunch of movie stars. Julia Roberts, Bradley Cooper before he was super famous, and Paul Rudd. I think it might have just been those three or there was a fourth, but it was kind of like a one-night 
what happens in one night mm-hmm. as, you know, that's the entire play. Um, and I, I love those kind of things. And I think that TV and film actors lend very well on Broadway to plays that specifically kind of happen during a short amount of time. It's kind of like you're watching a yeah. movie. I think plays, um, every play I like, I've loved has taken place in a shorter amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that is important because you are able to kind of connect more because you're in real time with them. And there's kind of an urgency in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be taking place in Ojai, California. Not Beautiful. the show. The show will be on Broadway. But yes. the setting is in Ojai, California, which is just southeast of here, I believe. Um, Schumer is going to be married to um, Alan Tudyk. And they, that, the other couple is Laura Benanti and Keegan-Michael Key. As it says that though they are looking for a casual evening of polite small talk, that is not what Laura Benanti and Keegan Michael Key are looking for. Um, and they find themselves in a marital free fall, matched in velocity and peril. Sounds so it doesn't very get too much away, but um, and Steve Martin, I loved what he did with the last musical that he produced. I don't think this one's a musical; I think it's just a straight play. But he's proven to be a great producer of um, plays and musicals, so I'm excited for that. And I maybe I'm going to be in. Uh, New York next year, so maybe it'll be there when I'm there. I'm going to tell my mom about it just so she can be like, hmm, want tickets? That's the one like criticism I have of plays is that musicals I can see all the time because they tour, and I've always been fortunate enough to live mm-hmm. in a city where they tour. <laughs> plays don't tour. No. So when I hear of a really great play, it's like I can't see it. I know. Unless I mean, the community theater or a smaller theater decides to put on a production of it. Yeah, that is interesting. Music definitely does attract a wider audience of people. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be cool if they could figure out a way to bring those musicals all around the country or, or all around the world. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is just an equal amount of people that are not musical fans that don't want to go see musicals, but they want to see plays. And I think that you could do it. And, like, they do it sometimes with certain shows. Right. But it seems none of the newer stuff I I don't see. It's all like Death of a Salesman, yeah. Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see some of this newer stuff kind of make its way around. Absolutely. I mean, I think when big movie stars do plays and they're straight plays, they feel comfortable in New York. And that's kind of like, check it off my bucket list. But, you know, no one is... It, it, the point is, is that like they're doing it, which is what is interesting, mm-hmm. and uh, they just want to do it in New York. So you know, if you ever go to or New York, or even if they want to film it and put it on that Broadway HQ yeah. website, uh, I would watch it. I that. would <laughs> definitely do that as well. That that might be a great platform for that. The internet, at least for the straight plays. Yeah, and you know, just like Broadway HQ is great. You can either buy your subscription, you can buy a month to month subscription, or you can buy a one off play which i think the one-off play or musical you is like seven bucks yeah to rent it for i'm not sure how long you get to rent it for but um it's a great way to see theater and they do have plays on there so maybe they will put this play on there and i can see it that, <laughs> that would be pretty cool um thank you so much for joining us today sam where can they find you one last time thank you so much for having me i had so much fun talking about this show and musicals and broadway you guys can find me sam davidson sam davidson entertainment.com and twitter and instagram at samd43 and you guys can find me at bfips14 on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you join us next week where we're going to be discussing the film version of Mamma Mia um, and in correlation with what we thought of the theater show. So we will see you all next week and have a great one. Bye.
Tech and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Webber, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Here's Chris here in the